Good afternoon, Mr. Claywell. How are you today, sir? Good afternoon, Mr. Ham. I am doing fantabulous. I'm a little stressed out this week, but not yeah. not in a bad way. Just a little stressed this week. This has been a stressful week. This has been a long week. And I, I have to say that even because I was out for a day, um, had to go to the doctor and get some antibiotics, had this like upper respiratory thing going on. But, you know, even with that, it's this has been a long week. It really it, has. Yeah. So I just to get everybody out there up to date, my supervisor who hired me in at this job that I work at 15 years ago. Right. Turned in his official notice and his last day was the 24th this past Friday. Wow. Okay. So he's gone. Yeah. And he basically quit working two weeks ago when he made the announcement. That's understandable. Uh, <laughs> and it started like, I mean, not in a bad way. He was just prepping me because right. until they fill the position, I'm going to have to be doing the stuff. So he was just kind of turning everything over to me so that I could get okay. a hang of it while he was still around if I needed help. And you've kind of been his second on on vacations and things like that in the past as well. Pretty oh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for the entire time, basically. Right. I mean, I'm pretty much, if he's out, I've pretty much always been the one to cover for him. Right. But this is just like a whole new level where like I was literally doing everything except uh, human resources stuff. It's uh-huh. like I, I can't do payroll and like medical. Like I don't have access to that stuff for HIPAA regulations and right. And, you know they don't want me seeing how much other people make and all this other stuff. But everything else I, I was doing this week, like literally his and basically his entire job, just in case that way if I had any problems I could get him to help me before he was gone. Well, I mean that's good. I mean but, at least having him having him there for questions. Right, but that made this week. Um, about 11 or 12 hours every day. I was going to say, because you're still doing your job as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. I still have to go do my job when I'm done doing his job. Uh, so that made every day like 11 or 12 hours. Uh, my schedule changed because if I'm doing his job, I need to be available Monday through Friday. Right. So my days off were not Saturday and Sunday before. So just temporarily, at least my days off right now are Saturday and Sunday, which is kind of mess with my stream schedule because now I have to work Mondays and I used to stream on Mondays. Right. Uh, so I apologize to all the people that are following me on Twitch. Uh, that's why I'm not um, live on Monday mornings right now. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens with the position. I did apply for the position. So I may. Good luck. Thank you. I may permanently get this job. I mean, I hope that I permanently get this job. I'm excited to, t- to have the opportunity. I think I could do well in the position. Yeah. Um, have you heard anything about when they're interviewing or nothing? Nothing. nothing. Yeah. They took the posting down. Oh, well, so I, I mean, know that they're done accepting applicants. Yeah. But they haven't said anything about interviews or anything like that yet. Or I haven't heard anything from anybody about like if they're leaning one way or another way or right. Nothing like that. Just I've heard that there have been other people applied. So I know I have competition for oh, the yeah. job and I yeah. may not get it. I think it depends on I think it primarily depends on how they view the position if I get it or not. Last night I was down at the funeral home back home. Oh no. Uh, yeah, we had a, a nobody close close to me personally but an extended family member passed and I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, thank you. Um so I was down for that for depending on what religion you are, I guess I don't know viewing the wake, the yeah. visitation <clears throat> right. I think everybody calls it something different, <laughs> but I was down there for that last night. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. This week has just been a little, a little stressful. Yeah. Or No, wait, was that? 
No, wait. What is today? Today's Sunday. Friday night. I was down there for that Friday night. Yeah. Sorry. Today's Sunday, right? Today's Sunday. I so, I today. mean, I guess officially we're starting a new week, but I mean, for me, starting a new week is Monday. Right. So. Well, and, and <laughs> it depends on what part of it. That depends, too. Like, if you're European, they usually start on Monday. Right. They consider uh, Saturday and Sunday the end of the, the week. The end of the week. Yeah. The weekend. I mean, that's why it's called weekend, right? <laughs> that indeed, sir, is the case. <laughs> Yeah, this, like I said, this past week has been just, I don't know, it's been crazy. So we're getting closer to the end of the school year. So it's kind right. of crunch time as far as getting everything ready for, um, you know, the kids prepared for all of the big exams at the end of the year, making sure all of the curriculum is covered. Right. And the good thing is, like, so when I've taught, but when I taught before um, social studies, there is a, you know, there's, there's the standards, the Kentucky state standards that you have to teach. Right. But for social studies, they're big. They're like big picture, like statements. Okay. Make sure that the kids understand civics and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's not like, like dialed in. So it left me a whole lot of wiggle room to go, oh, okay, this is what I need to do. And I kind of built my own. I don't want to say built my own curriculum, but because I was following what was, you know, in the school, but I was able to supplement and add things in and kind of there, there was a lot of room to, to move. What I'm teaching now, mathematics, it is like precision. Like you are on this day, you are teaching this. And right. I've never had a curriculum map that was that structured and that, you know, okay, you do this on this day. Right. And this year I have been like spot on. I'm actually like two days ahead of what it says, two or three days ahead of what it says I should be doing. So okay. that's that's pretty awesome. Um, nice. the, the the other teacher that's across the hall from me, the other um, math teacher that is like, you know, well, where are you at? And I'm like, well, I'm right here. And they're like, oh, well, dang, you're right, like right on it. And I said, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to stay as close to the map as possible. And and so, I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. I've I've really liked the structure of that. But this week has been, I don't know, I guess where it's, everything is getting closer. Um, I've got a couple of days that where I'm going to be out of town for a conference, a mathematics conference. The, I think it's called, um, uh, I can't remember. It's Kentucky Mathematics something or, something or other. But anyway, it's, it's like a Monday, Tuesday. So I'm going to be out of town for that. Okay. Um, and just kind of making sure everything is ready to go with that. Uh, I don't know. It's just been it's been crazy. <laughs> and then it seems like everybody in the house has been sick over the last few weeks. And that's why we we really haven't gotten together. But anyway, speaking <laughs> about education, critical race theory. Right. And how it just kind of seems to me to have come out of nowhere. And like all of a sudden now, like. America is becoming Stalin's Russia and we're burning books and banning books. And, you know, we're going like full Nazi. Like, I yeah. don't understand how America, the home of the free Ended and up all in, of a in sudden a we're Fahrenheit 451 type situation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I just, I'm trying to come to grips with it because, you know, granted, I have my own political leanings. Right. And and I will say that for the most part, you and I tend to have similar viewpoints. Yeah. And we've talked about on this podcast in the past that one of the best things you can do for yourself is to have relationships with people who don't share your viewpoints. Um, 
And that's maybe an area where I fail. Like I, I, but in my defense, it is very hard this day and age to find someone who doesn't agree with you on every single topic, uh, without losing that person as a friend because you disagree on something. Right. Yeah. Staying civil in that discourse. Right. It's almost impossible. You know, nowadays, or you don't even get the chance. Right. Like, like they're just like chocolate ice cream is the best. And you're like, Oh man, I really like vanilla. And they're like, well, screw you. I'm never talking to you again. And that's it. They're gone. You don't even get the opportunity to have the conversation. They just bounce. Yeah. And so it's, it's difficult. And you know, I was, I've, tried to message a few people and I can't really get a good answer. Um, I just don't understand. Like from what I have read, right. And like, like I'm just going to pull it up right here. According to Britannica, which I think many old people our age or older might remember used to, is an encyclopedia. It used to come in like book yeah, form A to Z. <laughs> yep. Each letter had its own, <laughs> own, own, own volume. Exactly. Typically. I think some of the bigger letters had two volumes split. Yeah. But you know, according to <laughs> Encyclopedia Britannica, uh, critical race theory is an intellectual and social movement and loosely organized framework of legal analysis based on the premise that race is not a natural, biological, grounded feature of physically distinct subgroups of human beings, but is a socially constructed category that is used to oppress and exploit people of color. Critical race theorists hold that racism is inherent in law and legal institutions of the United States insofar as they function to create and maintain social, economic, and political inequalities between whites and non-whites, especially African Americans. Critical race theorists are generally dedicated to applying their understanding of institutional or structural nature of racism to the concrete, if distant, goal of eliminating all race-based and other unjust hierarchies. I know that's a mouthful. It is. But that's quote from from Britannica. Right. Which is just a definition. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that was long, but that that's the definition of what critical race theory is. Uh, so I'm just going to I'm just going to dig right into it. Okay? OK, here is my breakdown of the understanding of that definition. <laughs> OK, the way I read this and this is all interpretation. Right. Is basically trying to teach critical thinking. Which, which to me is the ability to read and analyze or, or listen to and analyze, take in information in some manner right, and analyze that information outside of the scope of bias, if possible. Everybody's going to have their own natural bias, but as much as possible to, to disregard the sources, leanings, or try to disregard your own personal leanings and just look at the statements of fact. Okay. And, and analyze that. That's that's kind of what I'm seeing. But this is taking that critical thinking and applying it directly and specifically to the legal systems, primarily of the United States, in regards to racism. I think you're okay with that. I mean, that's the way I see it. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a very fair and very on point um, way of looking at it. Yeah. 
Okay. So I'm trying then to understand is if we are looking at our legal system critically mm-hmm. and being honest about it. And when I do, when I try to be honest about it and look at the our current legal system, the overwhelming majority of prisoners are of color. Are of color. Absolutely. That seems to end. uh, uh, Except for when you look at subcategories such as like white collar crime versus blue collar crime and things like that. When you start getting white collar crime, then it's it leans the other direction. But still, yes. But But if I mean, just look at, at a general population of a prison, then yes. So I think that might even lead more into what I'm saying. Right. Not take away from. Right. Okay. I mean, I agree. So because if you take a person of some various ethnic background of color, black, Hispanic, whatever that might be, mm-hmm. any other person of, of a darker complexion, shall we say, uh, versus a Caucasian. Now, let's say they both commit uh, what would be considered a, a white collar crime of embezzlement. Yeah, embezzlement, tax okay. tax evasion, something like that. Yeah, it seems to be that the person of color will more often be criminally convicted and held in like a standard prison situation. Right. Whereas the the Caucasian person or a white person seems to get either more of a commuted sentence of uh, probation or something like that, or what they call a quote unquote club fed type yeah. of prison. Um, I mean, look at, uh, look at, I mean, and, and I'm not just talking about small potatoes, like look at Bernie Madoff. Exactly. For example, right. He was in, he was not in a hardcore federal penitentiary. Right. He didn't like go he, to Rikers Island. <laughs> right. He was in like club fed. Yeah. Right. And I'm just saying like, if this was a person of color, it just seems like it doesn't happen that way as often. And if you just look statistically just at raw numbers, the vast majority of our prison population is of people of color. Right. So it does appear to be at a cursory examination, at least. And I have not dove into every single case of every person in the prison system, obviously. But at a cursory examination, you can just look and say, wow, you know, the population of the United States, by and large, and there's a little misleading statistic that people like to quote. um, The population of the United States, by and large, is white. Right. Now, we are losing ground, but we are not losing ground. And I'm white, just to be clear, if if anybody out there listening doesn't know me personally, I'm white. (laughs) Uh, so I say we, I mean, white people, uh, they're, they're, you know, we white people are statistically, according to the census have, are losing ground on people of color, but it's not like, um, that's not saying that there are now more black people than there are white people, or there are now more Hispanic people than there are white people. What that is saying is white people no longer constitute 51% or more of the American population. So if you break each group down individually, we are still the highest percentage of the population. We just no longer constitute a 51% majority of the U S population. Right. 
because we we have such a melting pot at this point. Right. Which is what this country, I believe, was founded on. Kind of. I yeah. mean, if I'm not mistaken, it was meant to be a cultural and societal haven for oppressed and yeah, send us your. We yeah. don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Yes, the tired, hungry, huddle masses. <laughs> yeah. Right. <clears throat> but, you know, don't give us your people with their hands out. Um, so, I mean, to me, I think, you know, if you look at it, the population of the United States is mostly white. The right. Prison population of the United States is not mostly Tells a white. different story. <laughs> yeah. And you can't tell me that it's just because white people don't commit crimes. No, that's not. That's, I mean, no. <laughs> white people commit crimes, too. That's right. Uh, in my opinion, people are people. And I saw a, a clip. Uh, I may I may put it up on our on the on the group Facebook page. But it's this Rastafarian. And he's talking about the one love. Yeah. The, the And I forget the way he put it, but he basically brings it around to. Um, you can't judge us by the way we look on the outside because we're all the same stuff inside. Right. And that's that's kind of his point. <clears throat> that was definitely not his wording. Right. But that he, was the gist of it. He brought it in around in a way that was much more humorous. Yeah. <laughs> but that was what he was saying. And that's, and he explained the, the many difference one something. I forgot the word he used, but it's kind of like, I think the tenet of that religion. Yeah. Right. That, that Rastafarianism religion yeah. part of it, you know, the, the one love. Yeah. Like that's kind of his, his take on it. And he explained it in a way that I thought was funny, entertaining, and very well said. Nice. Um, I'll try to find a link and put it on the Facebook page later. But, you know, people are people is all I'm trying to say with that. Like white people, black people, Mexican people, any Hispanic people, Asian people, it don't matter. We're all people. There's good people. There's bad people. And racially, it's the same. Like there's there's good Chinese people. There's bad Chinese people. There's good American people. There's bad American people. There's good, you know, wherever, both everywhere. Right. And, and so I just don't, you know, trying to get my brain around all of this is like when I try to examine the facts that are available to me and the way the things, the way that I read them, it does appear that there is a, the, the system is inherently racist. There is a bias there for sure. I mean, I mean, not, I'm not saying like string them up racist. I'm just like, like a bias. I think, yes, that word you use is probably a much better word than what I said. There is a, a an obvious bias in the system. Right. I mean, and, you're right. Everything you've said thus far, I agree with. <laughs> and, and, and maybe this is the problem because when I try to wrap my head around the other side of the argument, the only thing I can come to is. I don't like color people and I don't want my kids to like color people. And maybe I'm wrong, but I can't find any other explanation to be against critical thinking. Like I can't, I can't come up with on my own. I can't come up with another reason to, to be against this. Like it's, it's not saying Anything bad about you as a person to say that this other person is treated unfairly? No. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So here's one thing that I'm, that, that 
I keep going back to, I guess, whenever I think about all of this. Um, and we know this because, you know, this is something that that is not new. This is something that has been around, I mean, as long as, as civilization has stood. And that is right. a a group of people who are uneducated are much easier to control. We know this. Yeah, true. Yes. 100%, right? So on one hand, it works against people to teach someone to think critically, especially so, if that person ha- holds some form of power over this group. So okay. you wouldn't want necessarily <clears throat> those people to suddenly re- you know, gain this knowledge and be able to use it against you, you know. Right. So and a lot of these a lot a lot of the people that fight specifically in this this arena are people that are comfortable where they are and they they I don't want to necessarily say are gullible but they do listen a lot to the people that are speaking to them and they just take a lot of those things at face value and and for fact and I mean we know this so if that's the case you know Effectively, if you keep feeding these people the same things over and over, they're just turning around and spewing it back. So I don't I mean, I don't know. Do you see so, do you see that in 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 some of this? So I see a lot of anger. Oh yeah. When it comes to this topic. It's it's from, one of those things that can get people riled up really quickly. So but I see a lot of anger from the people opposing this idea of of critical race theory. Right. And I don't, I guess, hmm, I guess my struggle in this is I understand that they're upset about something. Okay. My struggle is to try to understand what it is exactly. That's upsetting. You know, like, like I've looked at some <laughs> of these, not all, not everyone, but a lot of, okay. So, uh, you know, one of the big things critical race theory is doing right now is banning books from schools, right? Like that's, that's the big foreground. That's the, the battleground right now is district by district school by school board by school board. These parents trying to get certain books banned. Okay. So wait, wait, before right? you, okay. You got that, but you also have the, curriculum the the CRT curriculum because i mean we we've seen okay. that down south in florida even with that the university the college that was down there that was teaching quote unquote critical race theory and all of that and like the state swooped in and replaced people on their board um fired the teacher that ended up that was that or like the the president of the university was in was canned the teacher that was teaching that got canned they have a a new curriculum now that completely for lack of a better term whitewashes the entire thing okay I so, mean, I, so i mean there's a lot that's happening not i mean it, it's more than just the books you know <laughs> okay i haven't heard much about that but i mean that's a university Right. So if you restructure the class, I mean, all the students are going to do is just drop the class. Not necessarily, the because people, I want to say this is one of those classes that was a a um, it was a um, required class for graduation. So because of the way they were approaching this one class, 
people got all up in arms. Um, the governor down there went like ballistic. I mean, he was on on every news outlet. Yeah, that well, was that's there. the governor. Of Florida. Yeah, I know, but still, thing is, is the governor of, of Florida. He's got a lot of people that are backing him, and enough to where it, it completely upset this this university, this college. I'm. I mean, I kind of view colleges like completely separately in this regard because the college thing was all top down, right? right? Like legislatures came in and did all this, right? I'm talking about the people on the ground, like the parents at the school board meetings that are fighting this yeah, week after week in various places. And so here's what I'm trying to understand. So you're upset, obviously. You're at the school board. You're fired up. You're against this. Okay. And and again, I guess it's just where I have it. I don't have this contact with a real person day to day or in all, pretty much at all in my life. How does it harm you or your child to stop and question that, hey, that might not be okay? Again, you I, I don't think I have ever seen a person of color at a school board talking about let's ban these books because they're pushing critical race theory. Right. Don't think I've ever seen one. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. So if you're a white person, typically, it's who I see railing against this, how does it harm you if there's a book in the library? that no one is forcing your child to read that someone else may be interested in. I don't see, I mean, I'm not talking about curriculum. No, you're I'm not. I'm just talking about books in the library available for students that want to read them. Right. I think, I mean, I don't, you know, when you look back at history, who are the people that try to ban and burn books? You're right. Are they the good guys? No, they never are. <laughs> are you see what I'm saying? I mean, you're right. You're absolutely right. They never are. So they're net like pro, d- destroying education and literature is never the hallmark of the good guy. Right. I mean, like, so just think about it for a second. What? What? What harm is it to you if somebody else's kid wants to go in the library and read this book? I mean, it's I wouldn't think that there would be any harm. What harm is it to you if your kid goes in the library and reads this book? Are you afraid that your kid might start to question your racism? Like, is that the problem? See, that could be the problem. I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I it really could I, be. I'm really struggling to come up with another reason, except that you're afraid your kid is going to start to question your views. That's the only reason I can see this because like as a parent myself and granted I'm I'm a newer parent but I cannot imagine the the world in which I would try to force my child to be a bigot. No. And hate. I would never want my child either one of them to hate anybody for any reason. I agree. I would never want them to be callous or 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 cruel to another person based on any reason, the color of their skin, their sexual preference, their identifying gender, like 
Anger and violence should never be the response in any situation, whether it's critical race theory or gender identification or whatever your specific little branch of bigotry might be. And to try to think, try to think of pushing my kids towards hatred and bigotry and anger. I don't want that. No. Yeah. That's not good for anyone. So I'm just trying to understand where is the threat of this, of teaching kids to be compassionate. Okay, so like, like think, okay, unless, well, unless you are just blatantly against 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 critical thinking in general in all forms. No, I want honestly. I think it comes down to a. a I mean, if we really want to get down to like the basis of it. I want to say it comes down to a a cultural phenomenon that that happens here. It's just simply that we as a culture as a as the American culture have this thing that we've done forever and just because that it's been done forever doesn't necessarily mean that it's right or that it's good. But when you start to threaten those things, those those standards, those those pillars of society that 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 have kind of shaped what we are today, that's when you start having people that that lash out. I mean, this the whole critical race theory thing being um, you're right with it, it teaching compassion and things like that. But the thing is, you know, People aren't necessarily always compassionate. People aren't necessarily always kind. And they they hold these biases and they hold these things. And the ones that I, I think that that identify those and, and know it are the ones that go, okay, there's an issue. We can work through it. But those people that don't, they look at it and they go, they, they just see it as as this is my way of life. Uh, they are they're threatened they feel like their way of life is has been threatened and it's not you know it's not i know it's not but i mean it's the same situation that we end up coming up with we talked a few episodes back about like electric vehicles and stuff right there are those people that that will absolutely die on a gasoline can because they absolutely have to have that vehicle that makes the rumbling sound and spits out nastiness out of its rear end the whole time that they own it because the electric vehicle is a threat to their way of life they like the rumble they like the this they like the and they will absolutely fight you tooth and nail saying that this the, the new stuff is not good it's not it's 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 people being comfortable where they are it has to be, and they fight to stay comfortable. Okay, I see what you're saying, but I have an alternate theory. Okay, and this this is what I honestly believe. Okay, it's all political. It all comes from a certain party, a certain individual from a certain party. Yeah who pushes consistently anger. Their whole platform is to keep everybody mad. Yeah. Uh, And a lot of stuff happened after 
And I'm I'm looking at an article from the New York Times. So take that. I'm for actually re- looking at the New York Post at the moment. So so, yeah. <laughs> so take take this for what you will. It's from the New York Times, and I know that the specific person already doesn't like the New York Times, right? Um, but it it seems to all have started when uh, after George Floyd, right, was murdered. Yeah. Black Lives Matter movement and all of that. President Trump issued a memo to federal agencies that warned them against critical race theory as it was a as it was divisive. And it was followed by an executive order that barred any training that suggested that the United States was fundamentally racist. Trump's focus on CRT seems to have originated with an interview that he saw on Fox News. Oh, I'm sorry. I mispronounced that. Excuse me. Faux News. Uh, because, be, uh, and I only say that because the specific person who hosts the specific show in which this interview was aired yep. has since defended himself in court with the argument that my show is not news. It's entertainment. My show, my show is for entertainment purposes only. And people out there understand that what I do is entertainment, not news. Yep. So in this case, the faux news. Yep. Um, where a conservative scholar, Christopher Ruffo, uh, told Tucker Carlson about the quote-unquote cult indoctrination of critical race theory. The use of this term has skyrocketed since this interview. I can see that. Again, this is where we people are being spoon-fed this information. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I, whole, I wholeheartedly agree. And this is where I, I kind of tried to make the argument that maybe it's just a pushback against any form of critical thinking at all. I mean, like, it, in, like it, in any regard, it probably is because like you were stating earlier, a, an intelligent population an informed population is harder to control. It is. It's easier to control. And I'm not saying stupid. I'm saying ignorance, ignorance. Yeah, absolutely. It's easier when you control and restrict the flow of information. It's easier to push your narrative. Exactly. And, and no and, one question or is fewer question. Right. And I mean, this all goes back to stuff that we've talked about over and over on this podcast with misinformation and disinformation. And like, look at the state of Russia right now with Putin. Mm-hmm. If you live in Russia, it is very hard to get the news that most of the rest of the world sees as the news. Yep. Like all you hear about is how the people in your country are valiantly fighting for the freedom of these oppressed, um, valiantly fighting for these oppressed Ukrainian peoples. And, uh, you know, that's just not the way it is. So, um, I think it's just, uh, the only thing I can come back to is just that it's a, a push against, Intelligence, <laughs> critical thinking, in critical general. thinking. Yeah. And, and a lot of this, I guess also ties into something else that I don't understand. 
because you'll see a lot of these same people that are railing against critical race theory. They also rail against this quote unquote woke culture. That's exactly what I'm reading right now in the New York Post. That's another thing that I just can like if one of these people could define for me what exactly is woke culture. Yep. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. Is, is, does that just mean having some form of thought for other people? Or is that just what, some form of thought that's your own? I, I, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand what they mean by woke because it's all over the board. It is. Like sometimes they <laughs> say woke and they mean black people. And sometimes they say woke and they're talking about transgender. And sometimes they say woke and they're talking about liberals. Liberals. Like what do you mean by woke? Yeah. And it's the same thing with this critical race theory. Like it's pretty much seems to be that anything that talks about or has a colored person on the cover of the book is pushing critical race theory to your kids. How is that possible? Our country was founded on the ideals that all men are created equally. How can it be bad to learn about other people. I am <laughs> at a loss of words. You know, I mean, it's I, know, not, I know it's hard and I know you and I agree on this. And that's what I was saying earlier is like, I wish we had this, this chair right here with someone in it that could say, okay, now this is what we, why we believe this without way. Anger. Without anger. Like, like just, just explain it to me so that I can understand what exactly it is that you're upset about. Right. Yeah. Because I don't. Like when I read it from with with my biases and my point of view, I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand what you're so angry about. What has you so upset? What part of this is such a threat to your existence? Yeah. And you know, I'm let me know. Our emails posted publicly. We have a public Facebook group page. I'm not, I don't want hatred. I don't want, you know, I'm not coming at you with vile and vitriol. I just don't understand. I I mean, I, and there's so, so something too, there's a lot of different aspects to this, right? So like you were saying, they, sometimes it talks about specifically about, people of color. Sometimes it talks about liberals. Sometimes it talks about, I mean, there's so many different things. We can look at the political, we can look at law and how they're, I mean, for years and years and years, we have had bias in laws and they've kind of leaned in, you know, specific ways. Right. And I mean, and you can't tell me that we have, that's another thing too. People deny that. And it's just not true. That's not, yeah, it's there. Jim Crow existed. It, absolutely. We've had these these laws, these things that have gone on for like ever. Right. Um, and, you know, whenever we because we have had all of these things, one of the things, that, you know, like I said, you said earlier on, I don't necessarily deal with a lot of this at my personal grade level. This right. is not something that is necessarily in our school system that I'm hearing a whole lot about. But. um we know that just just as a general population of any school anywhere, um, you're going to have 
you know, back in the day, we called them the haves and the have nots. The kids that were, you know, come to school and they have everything that they need. Then there's a population that does not. And typically that's a big population in a school. Yeah. So if you look at those, even in a, a community that is, I don't even want to say that's, that's ultra diverse. You're going to find that a lot of those have nots are people of color, are people that have been in, you know, they are the minorities. Right. And I mean, and even in homogenous areas, mm-hmm. right, you're still going to have yes. an, an economic division. Right. And I think it, in in areas like, and, and it's just sad. Like, it's just, I don't know. It is the tribalist nature of our society today for whatever unfortunate reason that like, even in those areas, okay, well, we can't hate anybody based on skin color because we all look the same. So, so let's do it by we're look economic down, class. We're going to look down on the poor people because ugh, they're poor. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like there, it's a, it's like there almost has to be, there's a caste system that's right. there. It's like, it's like you have to be able to put somebody else down to feel good about yourself. Right. I guess. I don't know. Like, I don't understand it. I mean, yeah, you're right. And, you know, we try to address or, you know, most, I guess I want to say a lot of schools are trying to address at least some of this, this, this imbalance. Um, and unfortunately, it has also been tied into this. And we talked about it a little bit before the the, the show here, but um, the whole social emotional learning thing. And you said that that was not something that you were really um, familiar with. Right. Yeah. But I mean, that's where we I mean, that's that's just simply where you take a look at the entire, you know, student, the entire person, not just academic, not just social, not just um, racial, not just I mean, you look at every aspect and you go, okay, so what is this child bringing to the table? What is this student bringing to the table? How can we level the playing field so that kid can learn just as much as you know, the kid that is fortunate enough to have everything that they need. Um, you know, you, you basically just you you want to create opportunity. And that's that's not a bad thing, in my opinion. But they've tied this social emotional learning to the critical race theory thing, because a lot of times the people that need those gaps filled are people of color or people that are are, are marginal and. So they basically go, okay, well, that's part of all of this because, hey, you know, we can look and we can see this student or this group of students is different based on skin color, based on, you know, where they live or, you know, what they have. So they I mean, it's another one of those biases that's that's just built into the system. And it's it's a threat to people, I guess. I don't I don't know why, but it just Okay, it's it's it's, so, it's frustrating. <laughs> so that seems to be the case to me as well, right? That these people seem to be threatened by it somehow, or else why would they be so opposed, right? And I think this happens a lot, and people seem to get this idea that all of these situations are a zero sum game, right. where just because somebody else gain something I'm they, losing they something. think they have to be losing and that's not the way it works just because someone else is being treated fairly does not mean that now you are not being treated fairly 
Yeah, you're right. You're still being treated the same as you were before. It's just we're looking at this other situation over here for these people that have been mistreated and going, yo, that's messed up. Yeah, we should fix that. That doesn't affect you at all. Like, why are you so upset about it? Yeah, you're right. Like, I I just, you know, unless you feel deep in your heart of hearts that because they are getting because something, they you're get not. something you're losing something yeah <laughs> so this goes into all this stuff like if you're happy with <laughs> your child's education yeah then then why do you have to care about another child and what they're getting or what this other child is reading or what the, exactly yeah, exactly. No matter what, like if, yeah. if you're happy with the education that your child is getting and, you know, whatever resources they're taking advantage of at school. Yeah. Why do you care what another student does? Yeah. It affects your child in no way. Right. If you don't want your kid to read that book. Tell them not to read it. Then tell them not to read that book. Yeah. Why does what what gives you the right to take a take a a, a resource away from another parent's child that may want their child to read that? Yeah. Like where do you have that authority? And see, that's what and and, and that's so, where they're the, you know. And so, and so like where you were talking about a college curriculum, right? I see that as different because in a college, you choose to go to college. Right. You have to go to primary school. The The state True. gives you no choice. Now, you may not have to go to a public school, but you have to go to a, a, a primary school. And, you know, when it comes to curriculum, I could maybe see something at a primary school. Right. I could maybe see discussions around curriculum because every student is going to have to take that class. Right. But as far as like what materials are available in the library that are not required, that are all discretionary. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, okay. Yeah. Maybe not Hustler and Playboy. No. But, but I mean, okay. So I'm looking at some of these quote unquote banned books that's right. right now, right? I mean, we're talking 1984. George Orwell, right? The Catcher in the Rye, Lord of the Flies. Okay. Well, um, uh, now to the be color purple. Okay, hold but on. Now this is not elementary. This is be, be higher than but, elementary. But, but a lot of those books have been on ban list for years. The Catcher, Hunger Games, Catcher in the Rye, has been on a ban list for decades. Right. But I'm just saying these are the these are the books that we're talking about. These are what they're what. Okay, so this, what I'm specifically looking at is CRT. No, I'm talking looking at Tennessee. Okay. Because they so they're the, the they're, there's two Tennessee lawmakers that have filed a bill and it says that they're aimed at purging books and other materials deemed, quote unquote, obscene or harmful to minors from school libraries. OK. OK. But these are the ones that they're talking about. I mean, there's rolled Dow books on here. You know, the, the what it's OK. I have to ask, does it specifically it's the witches is what the one that it's on there. But does it specifically say like which edition? I don't know if you've heard about all this controversy in the news recently either or not. So the publisher of Raoul Dahl's books have come out with a revised edition for I many heard about of his that books. With the, like like Augustus Gloop is no longer a, a big fat kid; he is just a large kid, and I've heard of that. Yeah. So they're they're. Yeah. I, I was just wondering if they were it railing against the revisions or the okay. 
anyway. No. But they, I'm just saying, because uh, it just has a picture, and it has, like, okay. you know, a bunch of different books that's, that's uh, on the shelf. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. But, so, a lot of people, like, push against Catcher in the Rye because it does kind of promote anti-government. Anti, so, or not necessarily. And so maybe does 1984. Well, and not, so does Animal Farm. But, well, I mean. <laughs> but, but not anti-government, maybe um, anti-establishment in general. Yeah, a lot of those books do. Pub, I mean, again, to me, the one I don't know about Raul Dahl, but Animal Farm, Catcher in the Rye, 1984, those all kind of make people want to stop and question Right, right. Oh, I mean, so, so what about books. this one though? Have you have you heard of this um, mouse? M a u s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's another one that's on here. Yeah, you know what it's about, right? Um, it's a comic book. Yeah. It, well, a, a graphic, graphic novel. novel, right? Um, and it's Holocaust, right? It's it involves mice, right? But yes, it is an allegory for the German Holocaust of the Nazis, right? Or so the, according the to their, the, the Nazi Holocaust of the Jews, good Lord, I'll get it right in a second. <laughs> so this is a Pulitzer Prize winning graphic novel, right? Yes. Um, and basically they're saying that they're citing that it has inappropriate language and, and quote, illustration of a nude woman. And that's what their basis is for pulling it. Yeah. Doesn't have anything to do with being a Holocaust denier. Right. Nothing. No, not at all. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of, but I mean, I've seen a lot of those. Another another graphic novel is New Kid that gets a lot of pushback. Right. And it's just a story of a guy telling about his actual life growing up as one of the very few people of color in a prominently white school. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it, it is actual stories of things that actually happened to him. And people try to say that it's CRT. And it's like, well, I guess if having, I guess if sharing your life story is trying to promote, like, I just, I don't know. I don't understand. Like, okay. Just, so I, I've got to read this because this is crazy to me. Like this is, this is, this is the stuff that those kind of books specifically probably should make us question things about. So it says here, the bill filed this week cites a section of a Tennessee obscenity law that defines material, quote, harmful to minors, unquote, as, quote, that quality of any dis, uh, description or representation in whatever form of nudity, sexual excitement, sexual conduct, excess violence, or sadomasochistic abuse when the matter um, or, for, or performance, A would be found by the average person applying contemporary community standards to appeal predominantly to the uh, prurient, shameful, or morbid interests of minors. Let's make these people uncomfortable. B is patiently, offens or, uh, patiently offensive to prevailing standards in the adult community as a whole with respect to what is suitable for minors. Pat and Patently? Patently, patently, yeah, P-A-T-E-N-T-L-E-L-Y. Patently. Okay. Okay. And, or C, taken as a whole lacks serious, lacks serious literacy, uh, literary, artistic, political, or scientific values for minors. So. So it's basically, it's basically like the guy saying, I'm no porn when I see it. Pretty much. That's, that's <laughs> kind of I mean, what I'm seeing here, but I'm also seeing. If this book makes you uncomfortable, you can question it. 
period. Well, you know, you know, a book that makes me highly uncomfortable is the Bible. Okay. And you want to talk can question and, and, it. And you want to talk about sexual content, adult themes, violence. It's there. It's all there. But that's that what one. I'm saying. That's that's what the that's this is the core now of this legislation that's being pushed through. Um and the thing is is it's already made it through like committee. It's going to the floor. Uh, I mean, we can only hope that it gets shut down, but I don't know. This is also the state that just recently barely passed an anti-slavery law. So This is true. <laughs> so I'm just saying that I mean, it, that's what it's that's what we're that's what I'm seeing here is this is overall the overall arching theme to critical race theory to SEL to you know the this is if it makes you uncomfortable fight it if it makes you think that or if if, if it makes you if you feel like it's going to threaten you fight it no matter if it affects you or not, someone is telling them, these people that are fighting this, go out and do that. Go fight this because this is going to kill America. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So is it coming from the top? Is it coming from like news yeah. outlets? No, is it yeah. coming from social media? Yes. Is it coming from... Oh. Politics is all. it coming from you know where's and when you say all it's cr- it's crazy that we're that we're at a point now I guess where and, and there's reasons for it right we talked about this the algorithms promote co- uh, engagement it's easier to push engagement by getting people angry this angry people engage more so that's where your social media comes in our Recent political figures have all also jumped on the anger bandwagon. Like most of their policies and stump speeches and everything else are all, I mean, listen to them. Yeah. Just listen to them. It's gloom and doom and everybody's coming to get you. It's not fear. It's, it's anger. It's well, I mean, it's fear and anger. Yeah. Like you get people afraid of something and then make them angry at these other people for doing it. Yeah. And just listen to what they're saying. Like, I mean, I'm not necessarily talking about the content, you know, like, but just listen to what they're trying. What is their goal? Their goal is to make you scared and angry. Yeah. Every speech. That's all they're trying to do. They're going to take away this. They're going to take away your guns. They're going to take away your gas stoves. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen anything about my stove. Yep. I haven't. I own several guns. Nobody's come knocking on my door. Nope. Like I mean, y'all y'all been saying for twenty five years they're gonna come take your guns. When? Yep. Like how long am I supposed to be scared and angry about this? <coughs> when when can I realize that uh I think you're full of it? Yeah. Like it's just I don't know. It's it's But that's the thing. I mean, those are those hot hot button topics, that's that's what gets people motivated. And they know that. So, so use I, it, right? I, I mean, that's what they do. They're like, hey, if I'm going to win this or if I'm going to if 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 I want to keep people interested, keep pushing the button. Well, so that's a problem. Uh, and I think if you look at studies and stuff recently, a lot of people are tired of being mad. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're still out there. Don't get me wrong. There's still people that are quick to anger and quick to action. 
but I think it's becoming more and more of a minority. They're Let's vocal. Hope. They're they're extremely vocal, but I think the numbers are decreasing. You can't keep people angry forever. Right. Like people get tired of it. Nobody wants to stay mad all the time. I mean, when I was in my twenties, I was mad at the world. I hated everything and everybody. I got tired of it, man. Yeah. That's no way to live your life. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Uh, and so like, I just think hopefully people are starting to come out of that and I can only hope that people like, you know, I just hope that there's not enough damage already done. Right. Right. So like years when I was a kid, okay, my, my biological father and my great grandfather who did a lot of work in raising me. Right. I stayed with my granddaddy a lot. Right. And he took care of me and he, you know, I've talked about it on this before. He helped me develop some of my worldviews. Right. <clears throat> Those two men were on complete opposite ends of the political spectrum. Right. And they would snipe back and forth at each other all the time. Dumb Republican this, stupid Democrat that, da 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 But they, you know what they did? They sat down at the they same table. They sat down and, and kept talking. Yeah. Like they never just walked away from each other. Right. Even after my mom and dad divorced, like they would still talk. Yeah. And that's what's missing now. Yeah. There is no discourse. There, there is, is no discourse. It's like, well, you don't agree with me. Screw you. Get out of my life. Yeah. Don't You're ever right. talk to me again. And I just I, like that. Um, we miss the, you need that. Yeah. You to, do. To be like a well-balanced functional society you need to be able to have open discourse with people who have different opinions. And that goes back to an informed electorate, an informed population. Yeah. People that are able to do that. Right. And there's not, I mean, there's a lot of people are not able to do that now. Right. And I don't know if it has to do with this, you know, the social media stuff, because we get, I mean, we, we've disconnected from each other to a point now to where our connection is via an internet connection. If we don't know how to talk to each other now, if we've lost that. Well, and I think it's something else I've seen argued a lot lately too, is I think another big part of it is there is no truth anymore. There are just alternative facts. Well, I mean, there's, there's not, you know, you I, know mean, that, it, I know what you, I know I, what you're I, saying. I've said it before on here too. Like there, it's my truth. Yeah. No, there is no, there's no, there there's is no truth. And there truth. is not truth. There's, There's true truth. and untrue. Yes. There is fact and not fact. Yeah. Thing, there, events happen, things happen, situations occur. And that's concrete. That is a fact. You can try to deny it all you want, but it's there and it happened and people know it. <clears throat> well, I'm going to argue that because the next episode we're going to do on like... Um, Mandela effect stuff again, and some things just unhappen. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Totally kidding here. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, but you're right. You're right. Um, there I mean, are those but I think the that's, things that's, that are fact, and and right. But that's part of the social media bubble division thing that we've talked about before too. It's like I can put my voice out there and you, say you can, anything that I want to, and right. there's I'm going to find somebody that's going to validate it. Exactly. And you can surround yourself with only those opinions that you agree with, and everybody and then the in those algorithm's circles, going to see it, and they're going to go, oh, let's push more toward you. Right. So it just, it, it builds and builds and builds. Right. 
And then you're never going to hear a differing opinion. And it's going to be hard for you to accept that there are differing opinions. Right. And you get in a place where we are now, unfortunately. And you get into trying to ban books and... And the craziness. (laughs) And all this. uh, Yeah. I just don't understand it. Um, I don't either. But... But yeah, this whole thing is not, it's not, it was not intended as a way for me to slam opponents of CRT. No. I I legitimately just don't understand the argument against it. Like, I I can see, you know, like maybe you don't agree with uh, certain things. I don't know. Like maybe, maybe you feel like, I mean, I just, you know, I guess you have to feel like there is no systemic racial bias. I don't know how you could feel that because it's just true. I mean, there were Jim Crow laws that were specifically targeted to black people. Like you can't argue that it's a fact. Yeah. And they were on the books for a hundred years almost or more. Maybe I'm not exactly sure, but around a hundred years anyway, like it's, it's real. It's a thing. It happened. And they only got repealed. I think you just informed me what, Was like 1964, I think with the, with the, yeah, the, I mean, the end of the Jim Crow era was effectively the passing of the Civil Rights Act of 19. Yeah, and you still had segregation. 1974. 1974? I have no yeah, idea. 1974. But you still had segregation. Yeah. You still had, you know, like, I mean, it's just true. Like, it's just fact. There were laws that said black people couldn't drink from a white person water fountain. Yeah. And it's e- true. And like separate was say, not equal. I mean, yeah, we, no, we, yeah, there, there is photographic proof that separate was not equal. And what was the the law was like, I, I, like three fifths something. Like, I, can't, I, I can't remember, I can't remember was, that. But one. something like black people were like three fifths of a white person. Yeah. Like, a, a, like, I mean, it was in the law. It was in the it was in the freaking law. It said that. Or the bill or whatever it was. I don't remember exactly, but it was like a black person is three fifths of a white person. Like you can't, you can't sit there and say that there was no racism when you're saying that one person is not the same. Like it literally said they were three fifths of a white person. I mean, or something to that effect. I forgot. I'm going to say literally, and then I'm going to get pushed back on the literally part. (laughs) But, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. So it, it's it's been there. It it's and just because those have been repealed, there are still people that believe those things, and that's I think ultimately the issue. Um, okay, sorry, I just found it. Here's the law. It was called the Three Fifths Compromise. I know. I'm sorry. I know you interrupt you. Uh, I know you. You're probably just covering while I was searching. Uh, the law was called the Three Fifths Compromise, and it was agreement. In 1787, for the United States Constitutional Convention, that it would include slaves in the state's total population, which would help determine the number of seats in the House of Representatives and the number of electoral votes each state would be allocated and how much money the state would need to pay in taxes. The compromise counted each slave as three-fifths of a person. Yep. So, in the law... I was right. In the law, it literally says that they count as three fifths of a person. Yep. You can't tell me that that's equal. <laughs> like, you no. Just, like, no. Just, and you can't tell not. me that. The, I mean, it, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that is yeah. not equal treatment. <laughs> so, I mean, 
Yeah. It's, it is it is and has been in the system. And yeah, we passed the Civil Rights Act and that made tremendous strides. But we're still we're still marching we, down that path, right? But but, but <laughs> changing the letter of the law and like I was saying earlier, there's the letter of the law and the intent of the law. And you've got people that are going to the letter of the law of civil rights, but not the intent. The intent was to encourage equality. Right. And there are still people that will meet the letter, the required regulation, and still look down. And that's the thing. You can write all the laws that you want, but until you change the heart of the person, <laughs> that's, and that's, I think, where CRT is a threat. I, it, yeah, it, it, agreed. It, yes. It's it, trying to teach compassion and critical thought. Yeah. Which I don't see as a bad thing. No, I don't either, but... Again. So anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's our take on it is like, <laughs> I don't see it as a bad thing. And I'm not saying it's a great thing. <clears throat> I mean, honestly, I think it's sad that we would have to try to teach our kids that, you know, what people of color and white people are equal. Yeah. Like, I think that should just be pretty common sense stuff. Yep. And I definitely don't view it as a threat to my person no. or my way of life. And I would hope that in the society that I support with my tax dollars and my work and everything that I do, that that's just the way it is. I mean, I still love the fact that my kid will run up to someone in a store that is of a different color. And if they're wearing the same shirt, they go, she goes, hey, look, we're twins. That's the way it should be. Yeah, exactly. That's the way it should be. Then you don't need CRT. Right. <laughs> no, I totally agree. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, thanks for listening to us rant. <laughs> yeah. Or not necessarily rant. I don't know. Try to articulate my confusion. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like it's all over the news. It's all you hear from uh, Trump and Bobert and MTG and all these people in Tennessee DeSantis. legislatures and DeSantis. And I just don't understand a, what. What's the big deal? What tends to be <laughs> a specific party and their fascination with pushing hatred and anger yep. and fear. But who wants to live in that society? How do they keep... I don't. How, how do they... How do you... Like, I, you know, I don't want to live there. No. I want to live in a society of compassion and understanding and, and harmony. Yep. I, I don't yeah. want to be constantly angry and afraid. No. Not at all. I don't know about you out there, but that's not the way I want to live. Right. <sighs> so anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this one was a, uh, this one was, I'm glad we had this discussion. Very much so. Yeah. And maybe soon we've got the tech and, and I was, I was wanting to try to see if we could get. Uh, a more informed individual to join us via telephone now that we have that easy capability. Uh, but maybe soon we'll be able to get some phone callers in and uh, some guests on that way. I think that, that would be join good. Us. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. But, All right. Uh, so uh, if you want to find us, there's mm -hmm. multiple ways of doing so. All kinds of ways. We try to be available. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, w there's a lot of outlets. Um, 
You can find us on our Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Two Minds Podcast. That's right. Uh, you can shoot us an email if you prefer that form of communication. That address is Two Minds Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Two Minds Podcast or Mastodon. That is M S T D N dot party forward slash at two minds podcast um, if it. you use that site yeah if you and if you're if you're interested i will say i i personally find mastodon a better experience than twitter just I, saying I'm, I'm not much on twitter like i'll jump on there occasionally and kind of look to see if we've gotten anything but aside from that like i don't tweet <laughs> well I, I don't use twitter a lot but it's it's mostly because it's it's so much ads and spam and yeah uh algorithm fed timeline that i can't like i'll see the same tweet six times but not your most recent stuff right and i get ads every third post yeah. and it's just like That's you don't get cool. that on mastodon no and then of course you, you can find this episode and all of our past episodes on our host site that's two minds.podbean.com that's right. That's right. You can also find us pretty much anywhere you listen to audio media. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, you can look for Two Minds Podcast. Uh, the logo is a couple of little brains with microphones in front of them. Or if uh, if that's not working, look for either myself, Jason Claywell, or Mr. Jeremy Hamm. Uh, you can put those names in quotation marks and you should be able to come up with us that way as we are both listed as the authors of the podcast. Hosts. So, Yay. Yeah. Well, it, it calls them author <laughs> on the thing. But yeah, hosts. We are co-hosts. Uh, we sit across the table from each other. <laughs> that's right. We balance it out because we're equals. That's right. <laughs> Uh, dude, so this whole thing, like, it's hard to, for me to wrap my head around. And, like, and I'm kind of glad that I teach at this, the level that I teach so that I don't have to deal with a whole lot of that. Because, again, it's just, it gets crazy. It is, yeah. I, I just... <laughs>